Hello, and welcome back to a normal, non-chaotic, uh, non-live, uh, in a conference hall in Los Angeles episode of the Dead and Subs podcast. We'll see how chaotic it gets. Though. It will definitely be we, we, chaotic. We, 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 might not, we might not get that prize yet. Yeah, at least we don't have a 20-second lag delay uh, this time. Oh, oh yeah, how- that was great. That <laughs> I was, was hoping great. one of you guys would just answer in a terrible lag. <laughs> like, hello! <laughs> hey, how are you guys? <laughs> oh, what? What? What did you, you say? You any good games this week? Oh, sorry? What? George, what was your question? <laughs> no, I can't... <laughs> Oh, that poor guy. That poor guy thought we were fucking other. with him. I, I swear he thought... We, I was like, no, we're not laughing at you. We're <laughs> laughing at the fucking situation. I'm sure he was having a great time. Yeah. The ending of that call was absolutely fantastic, though. We're, we're all saying, like, goodbye. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll go with Hades. <laughs> oh, I, my like, God. I watched it back, and I just... I, I'm absolutely dying of tears in that segment. It, oh, boy. If you've I, not I, watched it, go back. We recorded 150. If you wondered, like, the 10 people who messaged me, like, where is episode 150? Well, you didn't get the memo. It was a live episode that went up recently. Go watch it. I, I feel like we, we need to change some rules or pull some strings and, and, and become even better friends with people in the industry, though, because gifting Steam games as, like, a, a, a schlump regular person is surprisingly difficult. You have to gift them to people who are on your friends list, and you can't buy a code from a game and just distribute it. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't just give a code to people. It's really weird. You'd have to go to G2A for that, and you shouldn't do that. No, you shouldn't do that. Please do not do that. <laughs> so, so instead, what I was doing is sending people Steam gift cards for for the amount of money that Hades costs, which is more expensive in uh, Europe, ever so slightly, than than America. So, oh, was... actually, we do have. One incredible update, and skip forward if you didn't watch the episode, but George, you found out about the cat. I unfortunately found out about the cat. Yes, I knew we it. We have to uh, gird our listeners for for Prepare some, yourself, Matt. It's not some great. Some 2020 news. Uh, 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 this happened last year, of course, but apparently a few months ago. Wait, uh, no. This, oh, no. What? No, don't. Oh, I thought it was like the cat's fake or something. Oh, come on. Don't do this. To no, me the, right ca- now. the cat, Ma- the cat Ma- was confirmed to be the cat. Metallica yeah. uh-huh. Mycin Monkey the Fourth. Yeah. Um, apparently decided to uh cat away and and hasn't come back. They, they just Aww. went bopping to their own beat out in out in the woods to to go uh be Pull one out. Play heavy metal somewhere out there in the world. (laughs) Oh, no. Pull one one out. Pull one out for Metallica. I'm sure Metallica, Mice, and Monkey the Fourth, if I said that right, is fine out there somewhere. I'm sure they found a great home with with a a mom who's going to give them a more normal name than that. It's very on brand for the only mascot of the show to just fuck off and die. Well, we don't know if it, I'm trying to be optimist about a, a cat running away from home. I'm sure the cat's going to live a long, healthy, happy life in, at, at a farm upstate. Uh, uh, sp- speaking of the cat. Uh, or maybe guys, the neighbors took her. We don't know. If you guys don't know 
while we're talking about a cat, it won a contest that we had. It did. It did. And second place was Poop and Air. Uh, Stragenaire. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, I got to correct A healthy yourself. member of our Discord, which asked me. Healthy, healthy digestive system. Instead of a shirt that I was going to give him, he asked me to plug his website, Stragenaire.com, where he writes short essays on video games. Whoa. That's, that's, that's what he told me to say. We're, we're having trouble finding that site. Uh, Mozilla they, can't connect. Uh, it's S T. R A T E G I N E E R dot com. Oh, so good. So good. Oh, check, love check it that strategineer.com. Fair play to Strat because, honest to God, a t shirt does not cost as much as an advertising slot on this program. <laughs> I, I know, I know, right? But you know what? You know what? He does so much for the Discord. <laughs> he Why does. not? He, Why he not? does. He does. He does quite a lot. <laughs> a lot of people do a Fair lot. Fair play. Right? Yeah. So we completely failed. We had a contest for a cat. The cat has died and also- No, it didn't die. Oh my God. Strat broke the rules, but fair play. <laughs> that's, that's misinformation. Did he break the rules? He was he was naked on a toilet. He was wearing a t-shirt. He was, yeah. he was mid-poop while he took that picture. There was a bit of leg hair and it was delightful. Let's it just was delightful. It I had not thought about where the poop was- at the time of the photo, and I wish I still was not. Well, thinking now about you that. know. Thank you. He told Thanks. me. I hate it. <laughs> <sighs> Hello and welcome to the Dad and Sons podcast. Where we oh, don't oh, hey, talk oh, yeah. about video games. Um, <laughs> instead, we talk about poop. We talk about uh, cats running away and inside jokes that other people who have listened to previous episodes will only get. It's it's a it's a it's an okay podcast. <laughs> my my colleague, a colleague of mine, recently came up to me and he was like, "I really just tried to start getting into Dad and Sons." And I was like, "Oh, you don't have to do that. I'm right here." And he's like, "Yeah, I, I tried." Um, well, you guys fucking suck. You have too many in jokes, and I was like, "Yeah." Did they say really? those two words? Fucking suck. Yeah, he did. <laughs> really, Mark? If you're Mark, if you're listening to this, that was for you. Do we really have too much in jokes? I mean, who knows? What what podcast doesn't? Who who goes to to a drinks with their friends and then talks mad shit about their podcast? No, 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 no. This is constructive criticism. Do we have too much in jokes? No, no. That that that's crossing the line. I I gotta get my gun. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> okay, we, American, <laughs> calm down. I think I think we can name them right. You know, old cock surprise. It fucking better. Uh, all cock surprise. Wait, what? When? When was that? A ch- Do you not remember the the all cock award? Oh my um, god, Mr. All cock. So, uh, so is that what set them over the line? Was the all cock award too much for them? Is that one inside joke too many, Mister Professional Podcast Critic out there? Are we like an anime? Are we too referential to previous episodes? Oh shit! Hell no, we are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean he might be right. I mean he might think things are in jokes. Yeah, but they're not. As well, like every time I mention Trump, twenty twenty, fuck your feelings. Yeah, yeah every everyone knows <laughs> that's that's just a regular joke. Matt's roommate. That's got it. Is that an in joke or just a callback? What is what defines an in joke versus a callback? You could get it through context. Maybe he just doesn't like 
getting things through context, like using his brain. Maybe he just doesn't like the show. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he doesn't like the show. <laughs> I, I think what we should do to respond to this feedback is employ the usage of more um, um, outside jokes, uh, jokes about nature, about the outdoors, <laughs> about where the cat is is having a wonderful life out out in the forest, uh, g- gathering, crafting, surviving, exploring. Could an outside joke quantify as we research a, a YouTuber we all like, and then we talk about the jokes of their show, which would not be inside jokes, but technically would be outside jokes, and it, w- and it still wouldn't make any sense. That list is getting smaller every single month. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, really what we're not saying is that the inside jokes are meant to incentivize going back and listening to the yeah. whole library. Do you miss that reference? Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's 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 synergistic audience building. We are connecting with our core target demographic to to get them to engage with our product. Our yes. core demographic. It's a very <laughs> deliberate marketing strategy, totally on purpose. We plan this out with uh, our <laughs> consultants back at the the boardroom, you know, in our back in LA office in in, in, in our blazers. Yeah, in our places, in in metropolitan urban areas with high high property prices, biz cas biz casual. Oh yeah, I sure do like wearing this suit to my uh, my podcast in the morning with my my tie. Very very expensive, very classy. You know, people who only people who work very very hard get to get to wear suits to their podcast like I am right now. <laughs> with just boxers on, we looked grand. Mm-hmm. Anyone coming coming to that live episode looking at that shitty, shitty background? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know about looking great. My mom thought it was fucking amazing, and that's all that I need. So but, let's... To be fair, yeah, the, uh, most of the comments we received were about the production <laughs> quality. <laughs> like how we raised our game. <laughs> I love it. Speaking of of raising our games... Did we play any games? (laughs) We are back after a long hiatus. That sounds bad. A break. That means that we actually have have games now. Yeah. Kind of. I played a fair amount of games. And and we get some synergy. Me and Liam played the the hot flavor of the week. I, I don't know if Matt did. Maybe we should start with Matt. Wait, Put him on the grill. You, you know Cook what? him up a bit. You guys should have told me that you guys were playing uh, the hits of the mans, of the three. Yeah, hitting the men. The it's it's a game about hitting on men. I would, I would have I definitely tested that shit out yesterday. But um, I started uh, playing Path of Exile again. Don't judge me. And um, of <laughs> No, course- that's some Hunt Showdown George addiction <laughs> Well, I, no, I I doubt it's as bad as is that. The less the said about that, the better. Yeah, Let's uh, yes. leave that um, one in twenty twenty. I I got into Omari. Omari, what's that? It's like one of those Undertale games that people are making. Ah, right okay. You know, mm, like like Eckenfell. Yeah, I get nah nah. Eckenfell is oh, a little Morty. bit its own thing compared to like this. This is like we got some black and white Undertale. Yeah, like this is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Undertale was was black and white for a lot of scenes. Yeah, Heartbound is also mm. like kind of like Undertale, like just wacky, top down. You know. Oh yeah, I've seen I have this. seen. Yeah, I have seen this as well. Yeah, yeah. This is uh done some traction on the 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 Discord and this the Twitter and like the combat system works based on like 
happy like emotions that you see oh, everyone has like, that's neutral yeah so like um like i even have like an image here so there's happy uh angry and sad happy beats angry angry beats sad sad beats happy and like you get like oh, a different rock, paper, buffs, uh, according mm. to what you are the three stages of trauma yeah and and you can make your um your party members and you can make your enemies happy sad or whatever like you have like little abilities like, to make them do that um so you can kind of um beef someone up and go against their weaknesses um but like if someone's angry their attack raises but their defense lowers so like you could it's kind of like a trade-off happens to the best of us yeah so like it it's it's cool <sighs> the thing thing about this game I'll, I'll be quick maybe you have to be in a certain mood to play games like this where it's just like a game where you just it's a very childish way of depression not not childish uh, that's the wrong word but it's oh. just like it how many games are going to try to pull this like depression card and feelings card i feel like the way it's done is a, just a little bit like off i guess in the beginning because I've only played a couple hours of it, and it just it kind of just feels um, too black and white. Like, oh, someone's scared of heights. Oh, you know, like yours. This one is scared of this. It's it's, it's just a little bit. Uh, I don't know how to explain to articulate like how like it's not like how Undertale where things are just kind of in the background and you don't really mm. notice things happening and it kind of sneaks up on you. This one is just like really in your face, like this is about depression, you know. I think that that's gonna work for some people who want to play a game like that, but I do not think this is something that's for everybody. I think some people are gonna be like, uh, eh, I'm okay, I don't want to play a game about depression <laughs> right now, you know, mm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, oh it's my not God, a bad yes. game. It's not, not a bad right game. Now. It's just it's the writing and stuff, it's just it's it's there, you know? It's in your face. And if you're not if you if you're not wanting to be in that space, you probably shouldn't play the game. You know, because that's what it's gonna do. It's gonna try to like like um it's like someone I don't know the story between the developers, but like they're probably going through something <laughs> making this game. So I, I don't know if it's happened to you guys, but like one of the weirdest, most surprising effects of getting older has been that tear jerkers are exhausting to go through now. Yeah. Like in, in a way they weren't when I was younger, because I guess having gone through more shit, you you increase the chances of like empathizing with the situations the characters are going through on a more personal level. And that's made made a lot of things like sting worse than than I think they would if I was. I was younger I think that nails it right there exhausting like it's a bit exhausting to play okay because you kind of I don't know you when, when you get older you, you, you've been through a lot of shit you know and sometimes you just don't want to you just don't want to play it all the time like when it's something yeah. like I would say I can felt like it has a little bit of that right it has a little bit of this a little bit but but it has happiness it has like there's not complex characters but more deeper than the one dimensional and i feel like in in this game it's a little just one dimensional like 
together with her friends, we're going to beat evil. Cure and stuff. depression. Like, yeah, like in the beginning, <laughs> it feels like that. Maybe it gets different later on, but it's it's very plain right now. Um, but yeah, yeah. Again, people are going to love this game, and people do love this game. Overwhelmingly positive. But if you haven't played Undertale, I would say play Undertale. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because this is kind of like the same same thing ish, um, except the combat in Undertale is way more exciting, I guess. In that term, and and I think, like like saying that the game is going to be tackling these these themes of of like it, mental they illness you the right off the bat. Yeah, like like Undertale wasn't so much explicitly a about yes. that that I'm aware of, yes. like, like you you kind of had to dig in into some hidden secret optional areas to to find out the 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 weird modern social justicey sides of of those characters on there, and like as you were saying, the drama unfolding in the background was 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 part of that lore. Like yeah. like it was it was it was deep. Mm. You uh you could still enjoy it on a surface level without having to to be reminded explicitly of what sort of bad places that maybe had come from yeah i don't know i mean i i, I can't comment on omori but i will say that according to the stuff on the steam page it does look a lot brighter and happier than uh than than you seem to be no no it's saying does, it is it does kind of look like it's going for that childlike weird vibe you know in horror movies where they have like a crayola drawing of, like yes. by the evil child or something and everyone's smiling and then yeah. there's like cute crayon text. yeah exactly right yeah it's very it's very childlike is it a horror game it's not <laughs> there's 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 some elements there's okay, some elements right, yeah, yeah the, theme, so. the, the trailer will show you one part of the game there there is happy moments how do i i don't want to spoil anything but the the happy moments it's not like you've played i right uh george yeah not not as much as you guys yeah the happy moments in there are a little bit different like uh this one is just like it's a happy moment just because they're together you know and they're they defeated an enemy instead of it like being something a little bit deeper than that you know but i hmm. i'm assuming it's going to get a little bit deeper later so I'll I'll keep playing it and maybe my opinion might change, you know. Do we know if it's a, a Western or a Japanese game? Oh, I don't actually I don't know. The, the developer is called Omocat. It's published by Playism and it's called Omori. So mm. maybe this may be a cultural thing. Like me because you know, in so many Japanese RPGs, that's what like the moral ultimate like boils down to so many times is like relying on your friend network for support and uh for, for like, you know, Japanese kids who are growing up shy and introverted, those are the kinds of messages that a lot of stuff they get comes out of their media. So maybe this is maybe this is this is part of that. Yeah. That motif. I, yeah, because I guess I guess uh, more than anything, that's what it feels like. It feels like I've played this already. It feels like I've I've seen this already. You know, I feel like it's mm -hmm. it's it's kind of like the same. Like, oh, okay, this is not really doing anything a little bit d different in terms of the story. You know, I'm not feeling anything really. I'm just a little bit worried <laughs> on, like, different scenes that happen. I'm like, whoa, no, 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 I don't want to go down that hallway. No, 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 I'm good. <laughs> but that's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really feeling anything so far, you know. But, um, yeah, 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 Omari, uh, don't hate me too much. 
I know some people probably gotten a lot farther than I have and probably found out something really cool. I don't know. But I'll give it I'll give it a little bit more. A little bit more juice. A little bit more juice. Wait, wait, Liam, you being quiet. Do you know the developer some bullshit like that? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm looking them up. No. I, I, it, it's, I don't think it's uh, a Japanese person, but it is. It, it seems to be so. It seems to be somebody who uh, they're called Omo Cat, uh-huh. and they seem to be like a visual artist, and they make like merchandise and stuff. And then this is their first game. Mm. Uh, they have like eighty thousand followers on Twitter, so they're obviously well known for other stuff before yeah. this game. I think. Um, the merchandise though is like all anime and Japan inspired stuff, and it's uh, actually pretty, pretty good stuff. It's yeah. really good looking. So they're obviously yeah. very, very talented. The, uh, um, the the animation sometimes that they put on is pretty, pretty dope. That the look is not. There's no problem, to be honest with the game, and the look is really good. Yeah, I mean it's more it's more of a a, a preference than anything else. This is not mm-hmm. cyberpunk. <laughs> this is not cyberpunk. There's obviously something wrong here. Like, uh, nah. It's made in RPG Maker, so yeah. The Steam reviews are overwhelmingly positive overall, but like the first two on the top of the list are like, uh, what did they say? I have not recommended by people on my friends list. So it's divisive, apparently. And then one of the recommended reviews just says a life ruining game experience. Thumbs up. <laughs> Yeah, it seems yeah. to be heavily inspired by games like Yumaniki and uh, uh, Heartbound and the stuff that Matt mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. It seems definitely yeah. like a Nitro Rad game. Seems like our old buddy. Oh yeah, buddy James. It's, it seems like right up his. And I'm pretty sure he finished it. Yeah, probably. So I think his review might be coming out. Yeah. So I'll I'll play it and beat it and then watch his stuff. Cool. See, see what his opinion is. It sucks. <laughs> but, yeah, could change. So I want I want to hear about this. Uh, <laughs> This Hitman. Um, oh, it's good. It, oh, it's so good. Can I, can I, I, I want to ask, can I play just Hitman 3? Do I have to go back? Just play Hitman you, 3. I think you can. I, Matt, like, I'm going to answer that question straight up because I didn't play Hitman 2. I played, yeah. like, the first couple of missions of Hitman 1. I was wondering about that because I didn't remember you talking. I just jumped into Hitman 3. Yeah, and yeah. the story... The story's garbage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you, like, like, is it just me? What the... F- actual hell is going on in in these these stories I, d- I don't know it's it's awful there's like amazing stories within the levels themselves yes. like i can't get yeah. over how creative and clever and fun the level design and and the environmental storytelling and how many side stories they're able to pack into these levels and how many times you can replay them through oh it's so good but yeah the like it, it has that that mass effect big video game problem where the individual shorter episodic stories are great. The larger overwhelming one connecting all these these levels together, not so much. I mean, it's just it's just terrible. Like the the surrounding story. I mean, it's not terrible. It's just inoffensively. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go terrible. It's just inoffensively pointless. Just be a hitman who is assigned to go and kill people. You don't need this global conspiracy garbage. You. 
you need some kind of global conspiracy garbage going around for a game being produced in the, the second half of the 2010s that is specifically about bumping off evil rich people. But the thing that go, this game... Yeah, but you go a really weird way when you're like, well, Hitman's got to team up with his childhood friend. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, no, no, don't, don't disagree there. <laughs> and, and the fact that, like, they, they decide that they, they want to wage war against the game's version of the Illuminati, but when you think about the logistics of being a Hitman, wouldn't you want to be on their side like those are your clients who else in the actual world pays for hitmen besides the real world equivalent of the well, the illuminati israel thing but like you know actual <laughs> real powerful one percenters who yeah. no one knows about who end up becoming your targets and what i think is really great well-researched probably well consulted writing about who the conspirators are and how they got there. Like, like the mission briefings go into details about how these evil rich people you're killing come from like four generations of, of built up wealth. It's actually Damn. really incredible how detailed they get about how rich people can avoid the public eye and, and stay off of the list of like America's richest celebrities and athletes and still... It's it's very aware of the difference between like having assets and wealth versus having a high income. These characters you're killing are the ones who make like like the celebrities and athletes of the world look like workers. Like these are the bosses of the bosses of the bosses of who of the rich people we see in our daily lives most of the time. The amount of like <laughs> the sheer amount of wealth that you were of generational wealth that you were snipping in the end here is so fucking satisfying. Yeah, it is pretty great in that regard. <laughs> this is the George. Oh, game. these these villains. Oh the, the the villains are just oh, they're so snooty. They're very, they demand yeah. that everyone in the service industry cater to them. They they don't know what it's like to have to work for a living. They think money is is just paper and that their real currency is information and influence. It's it's amazing how easily they are to hate. And and I really appreciate that. It is very easy to hate them, which makes them very easy to kill. And it's very fun. <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, I Have you finished killed... it? No, no, I'm, I'm like two levels in. I replayed them a couple times because that's how you're supposed to do it. Yeah, I've done the first two missions, but I've only done them once. Minor spoilers for that first mission. Your target... A evil rich one percenter guy complains that an art installation is not up to his standards, so you sabotage it to kill him. That's just one of many options, and that's that is beautiful. <laughs> I I I lured the artist away because and I was so happy to kill her because she had the most pompous, annoying British London accent. Oh, the British people in this game are the fucking worst. Ooh. And I was like, I cannot wait to bury a bullet in the back of your head. Oh, <laughs> and I took her into a security room right <laughs> and I was like, this is goodbye. Oh, <laughs> Just God. shot her in the back of the head. It was very satisfying. The other target paces back and forth giving a speech about how positions of power in the world only deserve to go to people who who have the highest intellect and graduated from the top schools and so i poisoned his whiskey and choked him in the toilet in his own vomit that's good i poisoned his whiskey as well the like the american classic guy the classic yeah, yeah i poisoned it but he drank it and nothing happened are you sure? Because my guy drank the poisoned whiskey with green poison fumes coming out of the cup while he happily guzzled it down. He was like slurping down all that fart gas. It was quite 
It was hilarious. I can't remember how I killed him. I think I fit. So the one thing I have realized, and anybody who watched me stream it the other day, is I'm really fucking bad at it. Like, I'm good at stealth <laughs> games, but I'm not good at patient games, mm. right? Mm. And stealth not necessarily requires patience. You have, just have to be very adept and have good agility and forethought. But patience is a virtue, my good friends. And I don't have that. I like killing people in interesting ways. I especially enjoy throwing shit at people. It is my yes. favorite thing. Oh, oh my God. I yes. redid the oh. second mission, which is easily one of the most grand most fantastic amazingly designed video game spaces level design is just 110 percent. oh my god i was nerding out like it's got secret rooms it's an old english mansion it's fucking amazing um definitely obviously inspired by knives like out a, the movie. a family of snooty rich people who yeah. you can like argue with and set against each other and i killed all of them and like i and it was great because in that level unlike the the uh middle eastern level um was i could kill everybody and get away with it because there was nooks and crannies everywhere to put dead bodies and the way i did it like i played it through first time and then it was the only level so far that i've replayed was i got a pool the one of the pool balls off the pool table and i killed everybody by throwing a pool ball <laughs> At their heads, like a billiard ball. And that was it. And my whole mission was to just execute everybody secretly without being spotted by throwing a pool ball at their head. The Hitman equivalent of like Fallout 3 vats of like seeing people explode in slow motion with the camera swooping around is locking onto someone and throwing things at them. It never gets old. It's funny every time. The sound effect is is great. The visual is like extra. There's extra comedy by how slow your projectiles are really going and, and the logistics of it. Like you, you knock people unconscious with muffins. A blueberry muffin is a non-lethal throwable that instantly tranquilizes anyone it automatically homes in on through like like walls and stuff oh my god I, I that's that's i think my favorite thing about it is how funny the game really truly is to play it's hilarious it is a riot the, the slapstick humor the deadpan humor and the witty lines of dialogue it's it's like an arnold schwarzenegger one-liner simulator it is it and it it's great it really is <laughs> i think someone poisoned my coffee i gotta go to the bathroom oh here we go i'll be right back there he goes. Is that is that a hitman joke? As always. Matt, it's really good. Is it? I remember playing the first one and really enjoying that at that point in my life. But like yeah, Hitman yeah, yeah. 2, Hitman, I don't know, like just going back and playing Hitman was just like, ah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> why am I doing this? I don't want to do this. I don't know. Like I had that feeling every time. I don't know why. Well, it's weird because I was... A I was a big fan of like Blood Money and Hitman Contracts and like all the PS2 yeah. games. They were more stealth orientated, even though you could, you know, do dumb shit, right? Dumb shit, yeah. But then 2016, the sandbox like version of Hitman after yeah. Absolution was really kind of, um, what's the word? Like intimidating. It was, it, you know, yeah. it's, it's rather it's a intimidating. Lot, lot to do, yeah. And I kind of bounced off it a little bit because I, I didn't really like how slow and patient it was, but I can't deny that the new one, even though it plays exactly the same, um, the level design is, is better. 
No, it's, I mean, it's. I, I think it's getting better and better with every one. Because you get lost. Like, even with the first level, which I didn't think it was anywhere near as good as the second one, but the the amount of spaces and the verticality of everything is really quite incredible. There's and like seven stories, like seven levels on that first first level of the game. Different disguises just get you into different places, which means like whole rooms and floors can be locked off based on what you're you know, what you're doing. And it can be really hard to get a hold of those disguises that you need and you really have to be patient. And that's still something I struggle with. I really do enjoy killing people in unique and interesting ways, like pushing <laughs> people off the top of a mansion. That's oh, awesome. Man. Yeah, it's it's good. It's it's definitely a good start to the year in terms of like, yeah, triple okay. A, is it triple A? Or like big franchise games. It's a good it's start triple to the year. I think it's triple A. Right? I I'm 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 really impressed. I'm I'm super impressed with how they managed to throw this trilogy together after what a rocky start they had with their publisher after Hitman 2016. Mm -hmm. So so they're calling this the final game in the world of assassination trilogy, which uh, yeah, because then they're gonna make the Bond games, and that's gonna be yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> I cross our fingers, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't deny, like, after playing even Hitman 3, and I'm not the biggest fan of the series, like, as a huge James Bond fan, yes. you right take the the, those games mm -hmm. and you just amplify yes. it by adding more social elements, like the ability to persuade and talk to people and get information, like mm -hmm. James Bond would, and I am so in that that might be the best game of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think something has really been lost in how James Bond video games are for gun porn first person shooters. No. Like James Bond movies will occasionally have scenes of him shooting a lot of people with, with big, beautiful guns, but that's not the meat and potatoes of the character. Like James Bond games should have maybe started out as adventure games and maybe turned into an action adventure game. But I feel like there should at least be a dialogue tree in a James Bond game, like a list yeah. of funny yeah, one-liners yeah, 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 to, yep, to tell people. Like Alpha Protocol is, you know, the jankiest version of a good James Bond game oh, that we've yeah. ever gotten in terms of like actual James Bond. Just think of Casino Royale, the movie, and imagine that the locations in that, right? The casino, the... Uh, uh, Le Chief's like submarine thing, the airport, all of those incredible locations from that film as Hitman levels as, as in a Bond game. And then you're like, it's totally sold. The ability to disguise yourself as like a millionaire blackjack player and sit down at a table and <laughs> actually play blackjack while quipping one-liners against the villain. That is the game I want. Do it. It's so easy to envision. That had to have been a really fun pitch, I'm sure. Oh, man. They would have probably just walked in and like, hey, here's a slide. It's Hitman. Remember this? Let's do a bond. <laughs> so I am quite envious that you have not played much of Hitman 1 or 2, because if you do play more of 3 and it hooks you, you are going to have a lot of content to choose from. Yeah, it's very intimidating. Uh, is, I, I guess that's what I was in the bathroom over. Like, yeah. Yeah, the level list is huge. The amount of different um uh ways you can kill your targets. It'll display like a grid on your screen where it looks like you have a thumbnail gallery basically on on your screen of uh thumbnails that represent different ways you can creatively like scripted built into the levels, not just shoot or stab them like a normal NPC combat interaction. They tell you how you can do no, it? No, they give you hints. Oh, they okay. give you hints. They don't tell you directly and you can turn the hints off, which I do. 
uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's just 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 so the listeners can know. Uh, uh, Liam, what 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 sort of uh, uh, HUD settings and and helpers I, are you playing with? I'm not. I didn't edit anything. To be honest, yeah. I, I'm just playing as is right now. No one edits anything, George. You're the only one in the entire I am world not who edits the only anything. one. <laughs> You know that. <laughs> when they put out Hitman Absolution, a lot of people complained about how linear it was and, and how you see through the walls of the next room before you even go in. So when they put out Hitman 2016, they they put in a big, beautiful list of options for, for turning that stuff off. I have everything narrowed down to the minimap. And uh, that that that's that's fine for me. I I don't, I don't want to see what what surprises await me in the next room. I want to scope them out from the the pre previous room. I want to I want to check my corners. I want to use that third person camera to peek around a wall before I move my body around the wall. You know, I want to I want to be to hit. But right now the PSVR stuff is is exclusive, so I can't actually feel like I'm being the hitman. This is the closest I can get. I'm still bad at it, and that is hard to overcome sometimes. Yeah, the PSVR stuff is exclusive. Also, how can you be bad? It it, it it's not a twitchy thing. You all you do is you follow an NPC around yeah. until the one point in their routine where they're vulnerable. There's a lot of times where I'm just like, okay, now's the moment, and then somebody just walks around the corner, and you're like, ah, fuck, <laughs> god damn it, <laughs> there was a blind spot. <laughs> So there is there is the, the story system, the hinting in there. They do try to direct you towards the, the pieces of this clockwork machinery where you can stick your finger in and get one of the, the NPCs walking around in their routine out of out of that system. You can like throw a distraction at them, flip a switch somewhere, make a leaky faucet even, and that'll that'll get someone to wander wander away from their post and give you more more moments of opportunity i mean the ai is dumb as shit right but it's also highly interactive yes. I, I i sometimes can't believe how many buttons you can press the how many items you can press the use button in front of in this game everything is pretty interactive yeah pieces of food lockers uh disguises are something you can pick off the ground you don't have to follow people around and take them if that's something you've been having trouble with Liam. No, I have not really had any trouble with disguises. It's just the patience part. It's honestly just the patience part. Sometimes just waiting to find the spot for to kill or you know, subdue. Do you do you subdue everybody or are you as brutalistic as I am and basically massacre entire swaths? I save scum my way into like perfect score silent assassin stuff. That's uh, how I play. It. I do save scum. I do just save after every what feels like a milestone progress, I do. I wonder if I'd be enjoying it as much if, if the saves were limited like in the older games, but I really like what they have here in terms of just how many options you can tick on and off. First. I also like the idea that the saves allow you just to experiment, right? Like yeah. sometimes you think, I could push this guy off, or but there are police down there and they might find out, right? But I really want to see what happens. And I like the fact that you can do that. Like restricting players not being able to do that and them thinking, oh, I'm going to have to take the safe option here just because I don't have a save is really lame. So, you know, fixing that is by just saving, allowing them to fuck up, but they tried and saw what happened and then go back is is what you should be doing. Yeah. And 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 if you want to commit to your fuck ups and and force yourself into a more improvisational chaotic playstyle, you have like three different ways. You can turn off manual saving in the options menu if you don't want to you know, just force yourself to stick to that. You can bump the difficulty up to uh the next 
the highest level where they they'll give you like one save that you will preciously hold on to, which I think is a really interesting system too, um, where you'll like hold on to that milestone save you were talking about and experiment with it along the way. Yeah, I have like three, and I just layer. Yeah, like I was just like okay. Or you can play like the daily challenges and elusive missions where committing to your fuck ups is the intended way to play and and they'll score you on that. Like there's there's so many different ways to adapt to a, a player's own particular play style that like I, I think it's not just a George game. I, I think that that if you give it some time, you'll find a way to adjust for the patience problem that you're having and uh and and be able to enjoy these masterfully crafted levels for I don't know if it also just depends on the level right I think with the first one it required a lot of patience because there was a lot of people around you know and it it was a lot more difficult to define where areas were to be able to do stuff I liked the fact that you were essentially climbing a skyscraper and the further you got up the more just insane like everything became uh lavishness um, but the house, like the mansion, the country mansion in Dartmoor is amazing. It's and so comfy. And everything is right in front of you so you can interact. There's always like a, a secret or, or a passage or something to... It, it just felt a lot like there was no time for me. Resident Evil mansion. Almost, yeah. There was just no time for me to be impatient, right? There was always something to interact with. It, it's it's massive, but it's very self-contained. This This murder mystery story going on at the same time that's entirely optional you don't even have to do this incredibly yeah. elaborate scripted story of, of npc characters that they made for you there you can fake being a lawyer who is tucked away in a secret room working away on the like finances that are there there's like a big glass garden house in the back that i never saw like i saw it from a balcony and the police were protecting it i you can go out to there like, there's a lot of cool stuff. That level is fucking magnificent. Really, really cool. And, and it looks beautiful, too. Like, yeah. every table has unique clutter on it. It the, the detail is insane. It's so weird. The game itself looks amazing, and everything about it looks great. But then you watch the CG cutscene things, and you're like, uh -huh. oh, man, that is a drop in quality. Uh-huh. What's the deal with that? So in Hitman 2016, they have uh, some really expensive CGI cutscenes that look like Blizzard quality almost. Like you see the pores on people's faces. It looks like incredibly expensive facial capture stuff. And then with Hitman 2, when they lose their publisher, the game's still fine. Everything's still wonderful. But the one thing that it looks like they did cut their budget from was the CGI for those cutscenes. And in Hitman 3, it almost, like I swear, it might just be the way I'm remembering Hitman 2, but I almost feel like the model they're using for... For Agent Forty Seven is now down to like, like it almost looks like from from a PS Two days. It's I feel like yeah, it's, it is. It's it's a bit weird because they look good and they get the point across. I mean, they're pointless, but yeah. I have heard there's at least one one good scene in these these story cutscenes towards the end that I'm looking forward to seeing. But the story itself is just nonsensical, hard to follow. <laughs> it's so it's just stupid. <laughs> like just ignore it. Just play for fun. And it, you know, hate on rich people. Yeah, shoot rich people in the face. Oh my God! What, what is all this hate? What's all this hate for rich people? No, no, it's it's not hate, Matt. It's uh, the economics of power dynamics in a capitalistic society. You, gotta, you see, you by by the nature of being rich themselves, they are uh, 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 skimming away percentages of of your wage that uh, previous generations of the working class were 
were able to enjoy a bigger chunk of, and it made houses and healthcare cheaper and jobs more plentiful. You, you guys telling me that you don't want to be rich? You guys telling me that that <laughs> you guys didn't put a bunch of money into Bitcoin? Okay, made three times the profit. Oh, now, we're, we're going to be talking about <laughs> investing in stonks later on in this episode with the news that's gone on this week. But we need to clarify here the difference between you know the rich people. And and the the hitman villains like they're not just rich people. These are the one percenters here. Oh, okay. They are the Illuminati. There's a, yeah, there's a, they oh, okay. own the billionaires. So. They, they didn't <laughs> trade Bitcoin. They had a great great grandfather that was like profiting off of the slavery in the Civil War. Oh, OK, like, okay, like okay, these okay. are people That's so different. rich, you, you yeah. don't even know who they are. That's an easy way to win over a black man is to mention slavery. <laughs> <laughs> these 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 aren't people who invest in Bitcoin. The, these are like people who invested What's in the computers that made the computers that made the computers that made the Bitcoin. They don't even got to worry about money because they own the <laughs> factories that make the money. That's who you're killing in Hitman. That's that sounds good to me. Yeah, there's no simp. <laughs> there's no sympathy. <laughs> no simping. No simping for these. Uh, no simping. No simping for these. No simping for these. Only simping for forty seven. These are like like oil barons who have a a illegal weapon smuggling industry on the side. Is is the kind of evil rich people we're talking? About. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. cool, they're, cool, they're cool, pretty, cool. They're pretty. They're pretty evil. Mm. Mm. The most evil rich people. Man, Albert Wesker has nothing on these evil rich people in Hitman. <laughs> it's good to hear that it lived up to how you felt about the other two games. That's I'm happy. I'm happy for you, man. Oh, so far it's exceeded expectations these first two levels have been absolutely fantastic i'm happy for you I, i'm glad the second level is is like some of the highest yeah, of the yeah. series you, you see how george is like completely just happy like we yeah. haven't had that george in like months it's been a while it's been yeah, a while it's been a while all it needed all he needed was like a good ass game <laughs> what? good little hitline game was there, when we were doing the show a week ago? I was like in a suit doing jokes. Yep. Everyone, my mom said I was because you knew Hitman was coming out. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably the week before that when I was I was a little sleepier and not looking forward to Hitman or the award show. Look, now Hitman's out. No more Hunt Showdown. All right, the award show was really really fun. It Hitman was. is really really fun. So I am really really fun. Just just. <laughs> Did you uninstall Hunt? Because that's that's a good way to do it. Uninstall yeah, it. Not, and every time you have the feeling to do it, you just have to install it again. And <laughs> You know that if I uninstall Hunt, I'm just going to press the install button when the cravings come back. Yeah, but... I need someone here with me to stop me. That's like the only thing. Yeah, which well, is not easy. Well, yeah, it's either you, you get yourself a honey, a honey, honey bun... Or, or I fly over there and stay with you for a month or so and get you off of it. His, yeah, you're, you, you know, the other honey bun. I think the depths of our relationship will have to be at least more uh, 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 deeper than please stop me from playing too much Hunt Showdown, dear. <laughs> I, that's, that's the kind of thing I, I guess I would like pay an intern to do, not, uh, you know, rope someone up into a romantic affair. Oh man, I could imagine the fights. I want to see George angry. He gets angry at the intern. For, Stop! You're not the you're not the boss of me. I need just one more round. <laughs> that wasn't a good round. I need another one. That's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. I feel like 2021 for games is off to a very good start. 
Really? And that's mostly because I am absolutely obsessed with a Korean roguelike. Oh. Called Skull the Hero Slayer. Yeah, I was looking at you've, that. You've been playing a lot of that on, on stream this past I week. I have. I've streamed it three times now, I think, and I don't plan on stopping any times. <laughs> really? I was looking at it, and it just seems so basic from the trailer. So, it's, it's, so surface level information, it's getting really pretty decent reviews. It sold 100,000 copies in its first weekend. Yeah. Um, if you watch the trailer, I think you'd you'd be like, ooh, that looks pretty good. Like, the trailers are very strong for it. It's gorgeous to look at. This is, uh, Skull's, like, from, like, the guys from um, Dead Cell, right? No. So, no. No? No. They have, like, a little partnership with them, like, Motion Twin, to have, like, uh. the Dead Cells character in the game, which I'll explain in a minute. Oh, that's where the connection. Okay. Yeah, but this is made by a team of nine uh, Korean students. Oh. And it took three years, and it's just come out, and obviously made a shit ton it of looks, money now. Looks pretty tasty. It is absolutely gorgeous to look at. Um, personally, I think the pixel art in that game is fantastic. High-res pixel art now is an art form to itself, not trying to replicate, like, you know, Super oh. Nintendo or older games of that style, creating, you know, Owlboy-style pixel art. This game carries on with that kind of high-res stuff, matching big screens. But it's a roguelike, and the roguelike element of it, in terms of, like, the random generation and how biomes work and stuff, is pretty basic. It works like most roguelikes. It, you have a forest that you begin in, you move into, like, a castle, then you go into, like, an alchemy lab, and you carry on from there, right? pretty basic but what makes this game so cool right you play a little skeleton called skull right and he's tiny and he's cool he's really adorable um and he swings like uh is it a femur like your your leg bone your femur <laughs> mm -hmm. uh i forget which bone is in your bottom half of your leg or whatever and he swings that around like a big bone club it's a tibula oh your tibula okay um and he it's pretty weak. It's pretty weak. But... Or, or maybe the fibula? One of the two. A leg bone. <laughs> Whatever you eat the legula. Chicken, the legula. <laughs> Jeez. So what you do as you go through, you will find other skulls. Hence the name. And you will find that these skulls are imbued with powers. So you have powers like... The Knight Rider, the Ent, the Sword, the Shield, the Mage, the Clown. There is 70 different skulls, all with varying different powers that are randomly given to you per run. And you can have two at one time and you switch between them. And when you do, you can create like combos and there are powers based on switching. The thing that makes this game so special is these powers, like the different skulls, because they are so fucking fun to play it is like an addiction trying to test new ones out there are 70 different ones and so gener generically you'll go through the run and you'll kind of see the same ones over and over again but now and again you will get stuff like the rock star 
which is like basically crowns the summer from the anime Detroit Metal City. And you will just play the guitar as an attack and drop amps. And you'll be rocking out, building up this <laughs> passive bar, right? And when the passive bar reaches 100%, you will call upon the powers of the rock gods to play a concert and destroy all of your enemies around you. It is fucking amazing. And that's just that's just one of 70? That's one of 70. There's Man. one that's Jesus. like basically night raid. It's basically like Ghost Rider. And you are basically just this ghostly motorbike rider and if you've played smash and you know wario when he rides back and forth on his bike across the stage that's what you do that's what you do you just could summon a bike and ride back and forth it's awesome there's like the werewolf and it's really fast and can swipe really quickly you have the clown and you drop like jack-in-the-box explosives all over the place there's one called the <laughs> there's one called the skeleton bomber and he's essentially bomber man but when you call him so most uh, powers, you call them, you swap between one to the other, and then you play as that character and you have to manually swap again. But the bomber just comes in and explodes. <laughs> you can't swap and do anything with him. He's basically just like a detonation you can set off at any time. It's awesome. And there's some really technical ones like uh, the frost one where you can freeze yourself and you can freeze enemies. One of the most amazing ones I've come across so far is the... Uh, the Arch Lich, which is basically a dark magician that summons purple chains everywhere and it absolutely just is DPS crazy and shreds enemies. It's so great. And there's a lot of power-ups that are inspired by other things. For example, the Rockstar is definitely inspired by Krauser Summer from Detroit Metal City. There's one called the Warrior and it's Kratos. And it ha like he has a big sword like Kratos does. The one is there's one called, I think it's the Prisoner, and it's the character from Dead Cells. <laughs> and what and what his passive is, is that every time you clear a room, you get a blueprint like you would in Dead Cells. Yeah. And if you get four, you upgrade his powers. So there's all these really great so every character has this really unique tool set, and sometimes the tool set is randomized, so actually they have more skills than you think. Maybe five, and you only get two. And then every time you play it, it feels different every time. And it feels great. And it's really well balanced, and every character feels pretty much fun to play. Um, definitely there are ones you prefer over others. Some are fast, some are slow, some are magic, some are physical damage, etc., etc. But what takes this game to the next level is everything that they add on top of that loop right so you're getting skulls you're seeing cool new characters that have cool new power-ups that do cool crazy things but not only that each of those power-ups then has like a next level upgrade where you give like these bones to a giant sexy spider lady 70 was not enough 70 was not enough. Basically then it becomes 140 because each power-up then has a next stage where your powers get stronger Sometimes they change and your visuals, like if you're the werewolf, you just start out as this sort of slender, tiny werewolf. When you upgrade to the next one, you're like this massive hulking werewolf. And like they have it for every freaking power up. That is insane to me. Like the amount of art, the amount of animations, the amount of different things they have to balance. All of these things on top is, is absolutely insane. And it's so cool because... You with so many, you you rarely get to see the same thing over and over again. And every time you see a new skull, it's really exciting to experiment with. And then on top of that, it has all of the traditional things roguelike has. So there's tons of artifacts and items like 
you know, increase physical damage, inc- you know, increase, increase resistance. There's like these orbs that you can collect uh, that do massive damage. Like I got one that was basically the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And this conversation has just escalated from, <laughs> from the start. It's, I, I can't describe how much I think this is what becoming one of my favorite games, like in recent memory. If this game had come out last year, possibly my favorite game of the year already. Like, it just is, it gives such a powerful first impression. And it's not that difficult. It does this really amazing thing. And I don't know, I tried to describe it to a friend earlier today. You know, when you play roguelikes, not, and, and this is, and we'll get to why maybe it hits upon the Hades thing. You know, or you play more difficult games like Dark Souls, you usually go up against only one enemy, right? Because the game has to be balanced and, you know, it's difficult enough anyway. And it's a bit of a duel. What this game does is it does the absolute opposite, where it does something that like Korean games and Japanese mobile games do, which is it throws hundreds of enemies at you and you just combo mash your way through it with your awesome powers feeling like an absolute fucking god mm-hmm. because you'll like dash through as the werewolf and you'll like obliterate 10 enemies at one time and then 10 en- new enemies will spawn and all you see is this a mass of enemies on the screen and you're just like cutting through them and then if you're like the rider you call your bike and you just like mow your bike <laughs> run through them over yeah just run them over and you mow your bike through all these enemies So it does this thing where it makes the player feel incredibly powerful because not only are you destroying lots and lots of enemies, you do take health damage and, you know, you still need to be aware it's a roguelike. So once you run out, you're out. You're doing cool shit at the same time because all of the animations are really gorgeous to look at and they're all varying in different, like you have different mages that have giant orbs and and whirlwinds and then once you get these fairy spirits, like they do passive damage and like frost damage and massive lasers. And it's just like a visual feast of crap that is on the screen, but it's so good and it makes you feel great. I honestly cannot recommend it enough. If you like roguelikes or if you like 2d platformers with good combat, like I, this game is one of the best out there right now for me. I'm honestly like smitten with it. I know I go overboard with praise sometimes when I play a game I really like, but I honestly am so surprised at how good Skull is. It, but at the at the bare minimum, <laughs> it's it's a pretty basic roguelike. You just go from biome to biome. You fight a boss, you die, you go back to the start. There's a lot of meta game stuff there where you can, you know, you get these. They're called dark quartz. It's, it's so you, cute to hear how happy you are. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm like that's the thing. Like it's a good start to the year. Hitman and this, <laughs> this is easily one of the best roguelikes I played in a while. Damn. And it does what Hades does. You know, Hades throws a lot of enemies at you, and you do cool shit, and it makes you feel real good. And that's what, that's what Skull does. You know, you kind of button mash your way through. You start getting a feel for things, and you become really powerful. The the time most of the time, like the game is fairly easy for a roguelike. It's just the bosses require your attention, and they are quite difficult. Um, like the furthest I got was like a run I was on stream the other day where I annihilated the first biome, annihilated the second, and then I got halfway through the third biome, and I was like, "Damn, I'm on such a great run!" And when you get to that point in that run, in your run, when you're so far along, you are just like a a walking death machine. You have the most powerful skulls, you have all of these passives, you have all of these artifacts, and you are just dealing 
so much magic damage so it's like when you play diablo and you're just like a legend at it you you know you have all of these passives going off that you don't even need to think about and you're just annihilating enemies around you at the same time such a big fan of it, it and then a couple of our discord members uh picked it up after watching me and they seem to be having a great time with it as well so i think that speaks to really quite how fantastic this little game is it's 20 percent off on steam right now for its release week i don't know if it will be by the time this episode comes out but a hundred thousand copies in its first weekend is definitely doing well for itself. I don't know. Maybe Matt. I think Matt, you'd really like it. I think. I mean, I'm all down for 2D games, man. I'm probably gonna play it as like today. <laughs> Side scroller. There's a mini map in the yeah, corner. Yeah, this is like Pixel up my alley. Right? I've been looking at it. I but it 1.0 came out, so it's time yeah. for me to try it out. I I usually play too early. That's what happens with yeah. me. I play early. And then, like, I just, I, I usually play again, but I usually wait a little bit. So I'm glad I didn't. The first time you play it, you'll get, like, the basic skulls and stuff, probably, yeah. like a sword and a spear. And it won't feel that generic, but it isn't until you start seeing some really interesting looking skulls. And you're like a clown all of a sudden, and you're dropping like Jack in the Box explosives, and you're like, "Oh, this is what this game's about." And then that entices you to play more, and you get more interesting stuff, and then you get to experiment. It's it's really good. It's yeah. It's roguelike. So it's just like one of those things where it's like, all right, do I want to get into a roguelike right now? You know. So. But it's not that difficult either. So I think it's even more enticing in that way because the hard part is the bosses, but you feel like you're dominating all of the enemies. Mm. So I will okay. say probably one of its weak points is that the platforming and the and the actual like random level generation is fairly standard like yeah. it's no more than these boxed areas with little platforms and you dive up and the movement set is pretty great like you most with most characters you have a dodge sometimes you have a double jump and a double dodge like there's a lot of good movement but the platforming is fairly standard so mm. i wouldn't get excited about that it's all about just the combat and the skulls and th- just the crazy stuff you can do try it I'll probably try that before Hitman. Look at us! Look at us being positive this year. Look at us! What a good start. Twenty twenty one, baby. Yeah, at this point, I mean, we've been beaten and battered so much, we can only hope for the best, right? It's a coping mechanism, maybe. I don't know. Good games make happy people. I got a strange recommendation. I think people who listen to the show, who uh, might might share my sense of humor and and my my sense of of, of weirdness, might appreciate a web comic I found over this past week called Mister Boop. If you go to MisterBoop.net, you can you can get started on this strange journey. This is a really really crazy exercise in like multimedia metafiction. It's a webcomic about a self-insert character from the author being madly in love with Betty Boop and having hilariously violent and sexual hijinks with several other cartoon characters that ultimately builds up to a complicated drama story involving copyright infringement with uh, a lot of references to Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, and then it steers away from a webcomic into a YouTube series that, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to spoil how strange this thing gets so much as I want to laud it as what ultimately at the end of the whole process feels like an extremely honest exploration of male anxiety when going through a bad breakup and also a 
really fun and creative use of the formats of of 21st century weird internet meta humor uh yeah as as an art project i i recommend as as a cultural artifact of our times i i recommend the mr boop webcomic oh my gosh i'm like going down the the rabbit hole (laughs) yeah i i I was wondering how how long the weird silence would be after Uh, after that i'm just I'm, i'm reading it right now about him being married to betty boop and betty boop is just like i love him and he's like i love her it's really weird it's really it's really weird comment it's almost wholesome i have a hard time explaining just how strange it will feel to actually genuinely identify with these characters and worry about their struggles but but you know what if you if you stick with it we'll see how that how that goes it's like uh like the I Love Bees ARG that, that Halo uh, did in the mid-2000s. Uh, it, it might be a similar experience to getting into Homestuck. Like, like weird internet holes that are deliberately designed to be interesting art projects is what this is. But it's not... Uh, it, I, I'm reading it, and, <laughs> but it's not really funny. What, what is happening? I don't know. And, and, and by the way, if you're married and you don't hold hands, or you haven't hold hands yet... <laughs> There's a problem there, and you need to reassess the situation. What are you talking about? Here's an example. Here's an example. This is Betty Boop talking to Bugs Bunny. (laughs) My husband really loves me. Anyone married to you would love you. Is Bugs Bunny coming on to me? You need to divorce him and be with me instead. Oh no, this is really bad. Meanwhile, this is the insert character. Betty is going to love my new shirt. And it says... I refuse to divorce my wife, Betty Boop. <laughs> and it ends. Yes, yes. That's, uh, it, it is, it is, uh, making use of that, like, incredibly quick witted, blunt Twitter style of speak. Why does he work? He works at Subway with Bugs Bunny. <laughs> You'll have to read more to answer that question. Wow. Tough day at work, Doc. Oh, it's not so bad. I think about coming home to my wife, Betty Boop. Bugs Bunny thinking. I'm going to kill this guy and marry his wife. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I can see you are already intrigued at what the fuck is actually going on here. It's, it's an, it, right now, it's a, a, at least part one, it's an averagely attractive nerd with a very hot, taller than him woman. <laughs> they both love each other very much. She loves that he's sensitive. He can be honest with her and she oh, yeah. loves it it's like yeah he's just perfect isn't he it's just like what what like people dream about in significant yes. others i guess it's a fever dream it it is, is it, it is a nightmare is this person okay it it may be either a style that's like directly homaging and referencing all the shit you see on the internet from people who's not okay by an artist who is using that to like legitimately explore emotions or it could be by someone who's not okay the problem is i have with that theory is that the uh you you can't tell it right now from where you are at but the actual like competence and quality of the 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 trip he sends you down seems to be a little too high for this is a literal speech bubble I wonder if Bugs Bunny is able to maintain an erection. That's that's what Betty Boop is saying? 
No, that's what he's saying after he's unable to have sex with Betty Boop. <laughs> stop, stop. Wait, You're wait, spoiling wait. the ba- plot twist. Wait, what? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> Betty Boop is cheating? No, no, no. Oh, no. That, now, the, now the listeners know too much. That, 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 they're, they're not going to be surprised that there's there's rocky troubles that these characters go through. Oh, and, no. And that they're, they're maybe... Uh, I don't want to read it anymore. <laughs> I don't want to read it anymore. I don't want to see cheating. Oh, no. Look at George's face. Disappointment. <laughs> no, no. Because I know what that... St- statement may mean and i think that actually points at some of the truths this webcomic explores mm. yeah yeah no recommend mrboop.net check it out if you like weird scary things that you find on the internet in dark places this is this is your jam why did the art style suddenly change <laughs> i <laughs> You are speedrunning Mr. Boop live on the podcast, and this is meant to be digested and consumed slowly and passionately, like this man's love for his beautiful wife, Betty Boop. We should move on and talk about news or something else at this point. I'm obsessed (laughs) now. I'm on the second part, so Bugs Bunny looks like a fuckboy. Well, I guess guess it's a good thing, then, that we're going to start this this news week that has one really, really complicated intent story with a lighter, easier one. Um... Why is Lois from Family Guy in this? Oh Goku. my god, no. Sta- Goku is you, here. You got to the Goku part already? No, it's you're- Sma- it's Smash it. Brothers the comic. S- save it. Why is Goku here? There's no way in hell Nintendo would publish this. Uh, s- s- save it for after <gasps> the show. My god. I just saw Mickey Mouse's penis. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Seeing Mickey Mouse's penis on MrBoop.net is not what nearly as traumatizing fuck? as what a lot of Microsoft employees went through on uh, 9 a.m. Friday on January 23rd this past week when they announced they were doubling the price of Xbox Live Gold briefly to a uh, rate of 120 US dollars per year because they're no longer selling a yearly subscription plan. They're doing it in six months intervals and they were going to bump that up to $60 for six months. They... Reverse this decision in about 14 hours at 11.50 p.m. Right before Friday, January 23rd was about to end forever. This decision to double the Xbox Live gold prices on that day ended forever. There was a lot of backlash. There was an editorial someone wrote over those hours saying that Xbox Live Gold had just become the worst deal in gaming. There was particularly a lot of um, hatred thrown towards Microsoft for not letting people play free-to-play games online. So they totally reversed the decision in like 14 hours flat, said that, no, we're going back to our old pricing models for now, and you can now play free-to-play games on Xbox Live without having to pay any extra fees at all. And, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess this is, this whole thing was, was scary and confusing and, uh, bizarre, kind of surreal, um, to see a price hike that high drop kind of sort of out of nowhere and Mm. then see them say, no, no, never mind, really, really quickly to, uh, to the point where where one can easily imagine how frantic things were going on in the offices behind the scenes there. And I'd really love to see what what that actually looked like. What what sort of conversations happened to reverse a decision this big that fast? Uh, I'm just glad they reversed it. I mean, internet backlash, for better or for worse, worked out 
in favor of the consumer this time. It is weird, like, why they just dropped this out of nowhere. Unless you're going to show why the value proposition is going to be worth it. I don't think they can because their own products are kind of sort of competing with this shtick. If I'm going to pay a monthly fee for video games, I'd rather pay a monthly fee for a library of, of, of video games cheaply accessible that aren't free rather than multiplayer gaming modes of something I've already purchased and already consumed a good deal of. Yeah, if you yeah, if you're paying that much for gold, but you're not paying it for a game pass, you crazy. You're crazy. So I definitely have not paid for Xbox Live Gold in over 10 years. And at this point in time, I honestly feel sorry for people who still do. But I also know a lot of people don't have a better option. And that just kind of makes me sad and confused and worried about whether or not I should have even said that at all. I think at this point, you've already made a mistake of showing us this comic. And now the news seems irrelevant. Oh, sorry. I'm still reading the comment. Comic. <laughs> I, I got to the direction part. Oh, um, my God. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> okay. Well, I might have, have accidentally sold everyone on Mr. Boo. <laughs> uh... It is so, like, I don't know. Like, it's so. <sighs> I feel like I'm staring into the soul. Like, of the, the... You, you know, these relationships exist, right? Now, I, I wouldn't say too much about the. That's the. the... That's the reason why I think this was actually done by a smart, talented artist and not a crazy, actual crazy person. Anyways. Yeah, it, it's quite, it, it, you know what? I'm going to have to go with you on this one. I. Wow. You know, two people, it, it exists. People love each other. People love each other. And sometimes men, guys, because I know it's mostly men out there. Women are okay with you being honest with them and you sharing feelings. You know, it's kind of okay. Sometimes they deal with a lot of dudes who want to be manly and don't want to share anything and don't are afraid to cry and and yeah yeah no I'm I'm just I'm just saying and this is uh this is quite interesting this is quite I don't know how it's gonna end it's probably gonna end badly but <laughs> but it's it's really good it's really good George uh, I'm not well, gonna lie <laughs> it's really I, good. I I we're we're still on this so I just want to apologize and say that we messed up today and you were right to let us know. Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming, and we failed to meet the expectations of players who count on it every day. <laughs> As a result, we've decided not to charge more for Xbox Live Gold pricing. We're turning this moment into an opportunity to bring Xbox Live more in line with how we see the player at the center of their experience. For free-to-play games, you will no longer need an Xbox Live Gold membership to play those games on oh your Xbox... Copyright Microsoft all-in-one entertainment system brought to you by your good friends at Microsoft. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm there. I'm here. I'm, I stopped reading. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. Cool, cool. I'm with you. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to the next news story. <laughs> I fucking love this episode. We have gone through so many fun topics so far, and now we're about to get into- I can't stop reading about this shit. I Are can't. You you got to be done already. I was behind you. I am, but now I'm reading about Alec Robbins, the guy who made it. Oh, oh my God. You're still back on the webcomic. 
Dude, you okay. Oh, yeah, fuck Microsoft. Who cares about that? Yeah, no, the, fuck Microsoft. The next news story I want to get to is really strange and oh, wacky the, and exciting. Okay, I'm paying attention. All right, we're it's, in. We're in. I, I, got, I got to warn you guys, though. After after that webcomic, I guess I should warn you guys. This is a very adult topic. Mm-hmm. Um, for for all, all, the, all the babies and small children listening. Hey, man, being married to Betty Boop is pretty adult. Yeah. We're dealing with adult situations in in this webcomic, like like marriage issues, erectile dysfunction, and stocks. You should have already been having sex with your with your girl again and holding hands. <laughs> and holding hands, yeah, an adult activity like holding hands. Now we're going to talk about trading yeah. stocks, kids. Okay. Uh, when 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 you get old and rich enough, at some point. You know, you're supposed to start this. I don't know when it's supposed to happen, but as I, soon as possible, as soon as possible. Well, fuck you for saying that, because because after this story and you saying that, I might have messed up some. Anyways, let's talk about stocks. <laughs> we both have, George. We both have. The price of GameStop is skyrocketing. If there was ever a time to buy GameStop stock, it was like a couple days ago before we recorded really? this episode. Heck yeah, it was. So Reddit.com/slash our Wall Street bets has like a simultaneous meme joke going on and also serious speculation that GameStop is going to turn themselves around and turn a profit in 2023 that has gradually escalated over the past two years and especially risen over the past four months and then skyrocketed over the past week to the point where GameStop's share prices were like kind of sort of breaking the market. They had to shut down trading earlier for a day. It's risen by 200% since last year and was 400% from last year. My bad. I, I, I was thinking of the $20 number it was back then. Now it's it's at 76 on Monday. It was peaking at some point at, at 150. So what's going on here is that a subreddit has massively decided to buy a meme stock to increase its price tag and the side effect is that this is kind of fucked over day traders who exploit the cheap stocks of failing companies by doing a practice called shorting. And I might be getting some of these details wrong because, you know, I'm not an expert on stonks. I haven't stonked. I think Matt might know more than the three of us here because have, haven't you actually like talked to people about how to do this? Yeah, I have. I'm not I'm not an expert, though. Definitely. No, not me neither. But I have actually started <laughs> fuck me all right well i i definitely have stocks but yeah no expert the way my outsider perspective of this interprets this after reading some financial news with a bunch of bullshit lingo they invent to confuse middle class people the <laughs> practice of sh- selling short stock or, or shorting i i don't know if i'm fucking up the terminology here is what a lot of wall street traders have been doing the GameStop stock over the years where they will borrow it from another longer term investor who had the stock earlier at a cheap price and then sell it off before it um depreciates lower than than that to the point where they're able to earn a profit by reselling something they kind of borrowed. It was very cheap that whole time. The the quote from the Vox article explains it as when you short a stock, you have to at some point buy back the shares you borrowed and return them. And if the, so if your strategy works and the stock price goes down, you're going to buy them at a lower price and get to keep the difference. But if the price of that stock goes up, that strategy is not going to work. When the price of the stock being shorted starts to climb, it forces traders betting it will fall to buy it back to try and stem their losses. That drives up the price of the stock even higher, so it's a bit of a double whammy for shorts. I don't know how well you can interpret that read out loud, but when I read it silently with my eyes in my brain, that helped make this 
make more sense. What has happened is that some investment firms that do this, this shorting practice have been kind of sort of driven up a wall by losing a bunch of money on, on meme lords from Reddit driving up the price of their stocks. <laughs> Meanwhile, a bunch of meme lords- Smart meme lords. Except for a bunch of meme lords who are actually losing a shitload of money by putting way too much down on GameStop right now to the point where like, like you can read these posts and you don't know how seriously to take them, but but rich people tossing around like $5,000 on this stuff and just immediately losing out and cracking a joke about it on the subreddit, like destroying the, the Wall Street stock trading, day trading economy for shits and giggles, which honestly, nothing of value would be lost. Fuck those guys. They're just two steps away from being hitman villains. But um, what do you mean? People trying to trying to make money out here. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to make money because otherwise you'll starve to death and yes. live on the streets, right? That's how it works. That's exactly. How it works. <sighs> uh, but yeah, this shit's hilarious. This is this is like like of all the weird, horrible internet drama and memes and misinformation that caused disasters last year at least this is like a funnier one that that feels like it's punching up you know instead of down like these 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 people on slash our wall street bets are like ruining <laughs> are ruining their lives as a sacrifice to try and ruin the lives of much slimier richer people than them yo man like listen listen i'm looking at a little bit of stock that i put into tesla like way uh, last year. Oh yeah, that's right? that's what they do. They they always right? recommend you buy Tesla a first. A hundred dollars. I put and in. Now it's like a grand. Around a <laughs> hundred dollars around June. Just fucking around. Just fucking around. This is one uh, when I was using M1 Finance uh, way back. I used like Robinhood. Now I didn't even know you could go that low. Like when I was growing up, they they were they were telling me you had to wait until you made like like. 200k to start getting into stocks and i i don't think that was ever going to happen for my whole life yeah heck no well you want to make sure you have like a nest egg you don't want to just use money that you might need if like you lose your job or something if you have money aside put like put like two grand in or something and then buy yeah. i was legitimately waiting until i had like 40 grand for some reason, I was horribly misinformed growing up on how cheap it is to get into this stuff. Oh, yeah. You could get in it at any point, dude. At any point. You got to grow it up. Um, you just put keep putting a little bit every every now and then. You could do dividends. You could do, you do so much. You could do so much. But th that's the thing. Like, they don't teach you this shit at all. They should. They don't teach you this shit at all. I can't believe they don't teach stonks and taxes and, and the public school whose economy depends on this shit. Yeah. If I was if I was smarter, I would have earned a lot more than four hundred dollars on Tesla. Um, but I left this I left Tesla alone just in case. Cause I didn't know what was going on when they were splitting the socks and all that shit. So this is like way back. So like it's just sitting here growing and I have stuff and other stuff. I guess for someone in my position too, as someone who like brands himself as a journalist, I'd have to worry about whether or not I'd get investigated for insider trading if I end up making a bunch of money on video game stocks. So that's kind of discouraged me this whole time as well. Even though like that's the industry I follow the closest, that I think you, it's that 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 conflict of interest has also steered me away. Yeah. So so I might just have to invest in only non-video game stocks when whenever I do take this leap. You're not you're not gonna get in trouble for doing video game stocks. You can. Martha Stewart got in trouble for it, and, and look what happened. <laughs> You're not going to, because, you, and even if you had insider info, it's not that you would get in trouble about yeah, it. I Guys, please don't try and tempt me into committing white collar crime.
Oh my god, you're not gonna get in trouble, dude. I'm telling you, that is probably what all the people who got in trouble thought when they first started. <laughs> I ain't gonna get in trouble. Ten months later. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Get into stocks, kids. If you're young and you're listening to this podcast, learn. Get out there and learn. Save up your money. I'm I'm trying to get through it now. Because you're not gonna have anything to retire to. Stonk responsibly. Yeah, responsibly. Don't don't start with those one hundred dollar stonks. Don't yeah, start with Yeah, go, go small, learn, learn. You might lose some money. That's okay. Just keep going. But that's why it's supposed to be extra money. Not money that, like, you need to survive. You don't want that. Oh, don't. The way. Don't do that. <laughs> the, uh, there is. I remember meeting this guy a long time ago, back when I was in Georgia. We went out for, um, he works in Wall Street or something. I, and he, he told me, he was like, oh, what you're supposed to do is get six months worth of bills and rent. Well, worth of money, how much ever that is. So if you. We say you live off of 3K, 2K, whatever, right? So six months of that, and then whatever's after that, that's when you invest. And then you can kind of mess around because you have to learn. You have to do stuff because if you don't do that, uh, then you won't have any money unless you just plan on just like if you have a really great job <laughs> making just like, I don't know, 200K a year or some shit like that. Oh, are we getting serious on this podcast? Why are everybody quiet? <laughs> because we're getting serious. Huh. We're getting serious. I mean, yeah, man. Like, this is this is the shit. That's what I'm saying. Like, when you talk about rich people, it's like, man, shit, they got it. I want it. I want I want it. There's a reason rich people keep putting money in stocks. I don't want to have to worry about fucking money. I, I grew up poor. I don't want to fucking worry about money. You know? Well, well, well. Rich people are different from from you know the bourgeoisie. That that's a whole nother scale. Any, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about trust. I don't want to get trust fund baby uh 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 money. I just want I just want to. It's expensive over here in California. You know. <laughs> Fuck. I want to. We get a house. I'm gonna be working here for a long period of time. Kind of rent the rest of my life. And I can't. I can't believe it's like. GameStop of all things too. Like that just that just makes my thousand yard stare even hard. I could have been buying stonks in GameStop this whole time. Yeah. Bonks. Looking back on a lifetime of, of poor decisions, it all began with that one, huh? Yeah, I I'm surprised it was it's been going up for the last couple of weeks actually. And not going down. <laughs> yeah, so so is everyone. Yeah. I really I really am intrigued though whatever is going to happen in 2023 with these rumors that uh GameStop is is not scheduled to be profitable until 2023. How cuz I do find it very hard to imagine them existing years upon years down the road when when a lot of uh their business model is just no longer going to be feasible anymore in an age of the internet and pandemics and Amazon Prime delivery being cheaper than going to stores. Also digital distribution, the Game Pass there's a lot of shit GameStop is going to have to overcome for me to be able to picture them being profitable in 2023. I will be amazed if they're still around. <laughs> Especially the longer Corona goes on. All these people putting putting their stocks down on it are like betting hard money it's going to happen. So so we're all along for the ride at this point. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to sell pretty quickly i'm gonna watch that one from a very far away gamestop has like a, at least a little bit more investor money to work with now to make the dream happen i wonder how much they're actually making on this 
<laughs> like, has this is this gonna balance the GameStop budget for the year? <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, anyways, um, should we should we talk about Minecraft Earth? Like, like no. I I feel a little <laughs> attached to this one, but it is a small story. What is it? What's Minecraft? It's closing, and it never came out. That's it. It's fast. We can go through it fast because Minecraft earth came and went fast minecraft earth was a arg game that a a subsidiary of of microsoft was making where uh you would have minecraft superimposed on your phone's camera pokemon style in real life uh it had a really interesting trailer that showed like communities of people getting together to build fake stuff in their real communities instead of getting together building real stuff i thought that was really cute and endearing and charming i signed up for the beta uh my phone was not able to play it (laughs) Uh, It got a lot of reviews and impressions talking about it being really grindy and free having exploitive free to play systems. And they never ended up rolling out that feature that had me so enamored from the trailers, which was the augmented reality community Minecraft building projects. Then they canceled it and it's gone forever and never coming out after all. And they uh, they cite the COVID-19 pandemic as the primary reason being why. And and one of the things I did want to bring it up is that I think we would have an interesting question to ask here between the three of us. And that is, how bright does the future look for social AR gaming now that we're living in this uh, coronavirus world where everyone's locked up in their houses all the time? Uh, not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fairly self-explanatory, isn't it? Nobody can go outside, therefore games that require you to go outside. That's so sad. I mean, people still go to the park and shit. I I was really looking forward to some kind of AR industry going with more more stuff to play that gets more good reviews, more than just Pokemon Go and novelty jump screen cell phone camera manipulators, which still can be cool fun if you guys have ever given those a try i don't think it's such a bad idea if you if you were smart right if they can track the amount of people that that are playing it and they could tell you now now is a prime time to go for a walk because there are not so many people out you could have this rotation of players right who social distance and wear masks or whatever and they go outside and get the exercise they're allowed etc etc you could use the the tracking to be able to, you know, understand how many people there are around in your area and if you were playing. I mean, Niantic and Pokemon Go still make millions a month, right? That's because they built so much over the years uh, to a point where you never need to go outside to play that game. They've been able to weather the storm because you cannot go outside and still play it somehow. So, uh, I don't know, like, building a Minecraft project that I can superimpose on my desk still sounds cool. Yeah. I, I, I don't gotta go outside to put the cabin on my table, which is something. It's a shame. Nobody likes seeing a game, you know, be switched off. And this game didn't reach 1.0, but, you know, they've had to look at the real reflection of probably their user base and how many people are using it. And also the fact that it's been a year of the coronavirus. I imagine just nobody is outside. Yeah. Lame. Lame. Oh, well. Oh, well. Moving on. Listener questions. Hey! If you want to send us comments, suggestions, or ask us for, like, shitty advice about your do-it-yourself projects at work, or, uh, I don't know, relationship problems for uh, your your failing marriage with your cartoon wife, who is yep. madly in love with you, um, 
<laughs> or or if you want to ask about uh what financial advice uh yeah like like at what age and what income should you start buying gamestop stonks send us an email to dad and sons podcast at gmail.com or uh join our patreon and uh post it in our patreon listener questions channel our first one this week comes from daniel z who uh wants to ask liam about japanese seating orders uh hey dad and sons i came across an interesting post on reddit about japanese seating order in the anime shirobako is this something you have experienced liam uh and i also looked it up and saw the post Sekujin, or seating order, and how it represents the relationships between seniors and senpai and juniors and kohai are quite important in Japan. It goes so far as to determine who sits where in many situations. The most senior persons and the guests typically sit on their own. In Japan, the more senior people sit away from the entrance. One reasoning for this is so that the juniors can order and receive food for the seniors and pour them drinks. That is 100% true. Yo, fuck that! I mean, it's... Japanese hierarchical society to a T. It happens in school. It happens at work. Um, when you're drinking with colleagues, when you're at like a, a bonenkai and you're doing a nomihodai tabihodai or something, it is the juniors who sit closer to the food and they are the ones that pour everybody the drinks. And that is the way it is. Have you ever found it patronizing at all? It's hard to say something is or isn't patronizing. I think there's a line you have to be careful about because it's Japanese culture. It's a country's culture, right? You can't just come in and impose your own uh, thinking or ways. Like other cultures around the world don't want that either, right? Especially the American way of life, for example. So there is a fine line. Yes, it's frustrating sometimes. If you just want to have a good time, but you have to respect. Yeah, that sounds annoying as fuck. These things, but that's the way they do it and the one thing that is really advisable and anybody who stayed in japan for a long time would say to foreigners is you that's the kind of thing you have to embrace to be able to live here because otherwise you just drive yourself insane by disagreeing uh with these things and you can't change it and you you can't anyway because you can't just come in and be like actually you're doing it wrong (laughs) everybody should be equal and fair well that's not how japan necessarily works and it's not in this instance it's not a gender thing it is just a hierarchical thing. So if you work at a company and you go out with your seniors, then they are the people who get treated better because at one time they were juniors and kohai and now it's their time to shine. So it's weird because, yeah, it can be frustrating and you're like, oh, God, just everybody should be equal. But the reality is you can't. It, it's Japanese culture. It's tradition. It's something that's been around for hundreds of years. And it's just what they do. It's not such a bad thing. To be honest, they never make me pour people drinks and stuff and uh, because I'm a foreigner. But when I do try, they're very appreciative of me doing it and they're very accepting of the drinks and stuff like that. Yeah, it's interesting. I got two questions, one about the logistics of this, the other about the implications of this. Logistics. What happens if the senior person tucked away at the back of the table behind everyone needs to go to the bathroom? I mean, ten in most places in Japan, you can just walk past people, or you know, you if everybody's sat down at like a table where you tuck your legs under and you're kind of sat on the floor, I mean, they can just stand up and walk on past you. I mean, it's not really a problem. Yeah, but like the senior person is also the one most likely to need to go to the bathroom, so it, I I think it would be reasonable for them to stay towards you know the door. 
Well, they don't. <laughs> um, second question is, what's the deal with pouring drinks? I don't get it. Pouring drink, like, is that, does that take work for other people? Is that hard to do? Why is it such a big deal if someone pours me a drink? You just tilt your hand and that's it. That's all. It's just respect. It's just, you know, pouring a drink. Like, if you get, like, a bin beauty, which is, like, a big bottle of beer, um, you tend to share it with people and it's, just, you know, they have small glasses and you pull, you pull one for them and then they traditionally pull one for you. And it's just a sign of respect. It's sharing and respect. It's Japanese culture, man. I don't know what <laughs> they freaking make tea ceremonies. They celebrate tea. Like I, <laughs> it's what they do. <laughs> I, I know that like pouring your friends a drink is, is something that is natural and, and for for a situation that calls for camaraderie the thing is like like i feel like in japan they make a point out of specifically the action of pouring drinks like that's what you go to hostess bars to do like when you read articles in western media about what happens at hostess bars that's what they say they do they say they pour men drinks like you go there to talk to girls and get them to pour drinks for you why is it so exciting and such a symbol of authority to have someone pour you a drink. I mean, you could say that about, like, I, I know this is going to sound obscure, but you could say that about anything. Like, Colin Kaepernick, bow, uh, you know, kneeling for the national anthem, right? What does that do or mean or anything? It's symbolism. And it's, it's... Well, there aren't people getting shot over pouring drinks. That's... No, but my point is that it's, you're asking what do, do you feel respected, right? It's just a gesture. It's a gesture that symbolizes respect and also like camaraderie you know you're sharing drinks together you're pouring drinks to people you have who are seniors you respect them and you do it that's just it's a it's symbolism it's not that pouring drinks is hard i want a deeper explanation i want to go back in time to the very first japanese person to do it who decided that pouring drinks was was a, a respectful symbolic gesture of acknowledging another person's authority in the hierarchy and i'd like to maybe ask them that question because at that point in time it wouldn't be oh it's just the tradition i mean in japan drinking is social bonding it's part of how colleagues get to know each other because when they're at work they don't do that so it's like it's a very symbolic time it, it's right? just the poor i'm focusing on here drinking with friends yeah no that's fine that's totally fine but if like if someone did ask me to pour them a drink, I'd have to think about it. In in Japan, I'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. But anywhere else, I'd be like, why? It's just symbolism. It's like when you... It, it's just a part of the process, right? You don't take a sip of the beer until everybody kampais, right? Until everybody cheers. Don't do that. Everybody kampais and make sure, or at least attempt, hmm. to acknowledge everybody's glass, hmm. right? Make sure that your glass almost uh, touches everybody's glass, right? Which is which is kind of part of like the grace ritual. Maybe this comes from a time when alcoholic drinks were such a, a magical, uh, precious rarity and luxury that uh, may maybe that's that's where where this originates. It's from. it's etiquette that just fills in with that senpai kohai relationship. You know, you mostly have to serve the drink in a specific hand. I'm pretty sure it's the left hand with the right hand underneath. Oh my god. It's okay. just it's etiquette, symbolism. It you know, sports has dumb shit like that that you can't and cannot do and you're like what the fuck. Um I believe in Japan, you know, it's the wa. It's the the harmony. This is the wa. The, yeah, 
That's that's what wire is. It's harmony. The Japanese culture, the harmony. The watashi wa. I'm going to say that every time I watch The Mandalorian now. It's the harmony. I don't know. It be it's not a problem for me. I was thinking about this actually the other day since I switched over, you know, a long time ago now from working in a Japanese school for a, a period of time. I used to really enjoy drinking with my colleagues then because it was such an experience. It's so different from drinking with friends because you get to know people on a level where these people you think don't like you because they just don't open up to you like Western people would do Mm. at work. And then you go out drinking with them and they're completely different characters. And you're like, oh, this is what this person is like in reality instead of, you know, the grumpy teacher who you worked with. They're actually a dude who's really into fishing and now he wants to tell you all about his fishing trips, right? Because that is social dictate in Japanese culture that the etiquette is there that you get to know each other. And and that's my um that's my association with drinking that I have now. Like cuz before I never I never went out for drinks before I came you were to a, California. A yeah. Little Tito Tadler. I don't I don't know what the real term. <laughs> what, what is it? Yeah, what, what do you call teetotaler? Matt was a little bit of a teetotaler <laughs> a few years ago. Tadler. Teeteller. And 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 as soon as I came over here, I, I realized drinking with people it kind of opened them up a little bit. It kind of like you know, yes, something I definitely would, does. I usually do when I'm sober. People had to get a little a little taste of that uh good old fashioned beer um to get it going. A little bit of whiskey and um yeah, you, you have some good times when people are just kind of loosened up a little bit, you know. Let loose uh, uh, a few notches of that belt buckle. It's good fun. I, I mean, we can talk about drinking in terms of like the horrible experiences we have in the West, especially like in the games industry, toxic drinking culture and stuff like that. Oh, but in yeah. Japan, it's it's the culture. Yeah. It, I would it, it, not shy away from that word toxic, though, considering the injuries I, I, I as a visitor have seen on the subways when. W- w- well, after it hits ten thirty, they go crazy on Fridays. It's not even. It's not even close. It's not even. No, it's not even close to a Western co- country on a Friday night or a Saturday night in like public town spaces. Uh, it's not you might even have gotten close. used to it at this point. Then. Dicks are going to be dicks, regardless if they're drinking or not. Drinking just makes it worse. Nope. Nope. No fucking way. I have like, not seen like piles of vomit. And people passing over and hitting their heads on the pavement, like oh I have God. seen in Japanese Whoa. subways. No, what are you talking? No, I, man, did you make it? You're exaggerating. Like, honest to God. No, I was hanging out with the Screenwave friend. It was uh, before we went to eat some tongue at a one of those restaurants where you put the skewer yeah, over the flame. And it was a Friday night. And when we no got way. that last train home at the end of a Friday night, there was a woman who had vomited on a bench and then. <laughs> doubled over and hit her head on the, the pavement. <laughs> I well, be I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out there that was a rarity because having been in Japan and seen how Japanese society most people drink in Japanese society compared to a Friday night in the UK in London or Manchester or any of those places, it is not even a scratch. Like there are funny Twitter accounts called like Shibuya Meltdown and stuff like that of those rare moments. But Japanese people tend to be quite respectful, even while drunk, um, yeah. of their at least their surroundings. Maybe not other people, but their surroundings mostly. 
I and, I would disagree. That's got to be that is well, a rarity that you. My saw. impression was that they kind of bottle that up and then let that out at the end of the week when they go drinking after work. Yeah, that, it's it is blowing off steam, Let's but go. you know, like like this is this was a specific phenomenon to Friday nights after ten p.m. in the public subway stations. It honestly depends. Yeah, I mean, people are getting the last train home. People at that point are really drunk. But for the most part, Japan, there's no fighting. There's no like drunken vandalism. It tends to stay pretty freaking clean. It depends. Like if you're in Shibuya or Shinjuku, maybe it gets a bit like that. Or especially Roppongi. And those are the tourist areas I would have been around. Yeah, it was Roppongi, actually. That's where we were. Yeah, but in terms of like the wider area of Japan and the way people, because everybody does this week on week out, finishes the work week, goes out and eats and drinks with colleagues. It is not like that in reality. So... Alex. Uh, Alex S. wants to know if we think the Soulsborne games will ever get better cooperative multiplayer. No. My friend and I were playing Demon Souls together, and it was very fun helping him beat a boss. But that's all we could do. It would have been fun to run through the levels as well as the boss fights. It's, it's like these, these, these fuckers are set in their ways, man. Japanese developers just wanna, they want to, they want shit to be garbage all the time. It's like, oh, here's this amazing game, but everything else is shit. No, no, Liam? No? You disagree, Liam? Tell me you disagree, Liam. Tell me you disagree, Liam. Tell me. I There's I always disagree. something wrong with <laughs> Japanese games. Every fucking time. Oh, oh, that part that part I don't I don't disagree with. That part I don't disagree with. I do disagree that there's a re- there is a reason why. And it's because the Dark Souls levels are designed not to have multiplayer. Like they're mm. tiny, intricate corridors for the most part with single enemies. They're okay with PvP, aren't they? I had a bad time having a friend play Dark Souls 1 with me because it would just meant that he'd get in front, kill all the monsters, and I was following and didn't know what the deal with the game was. I didn't get Dark Souls until my second playthrough when I wasn't doing specifically that cooperative multiplayer stuff. They would have to, you know make a game specifically to cater to cooperative multiplayer i think Mm. like they would have to design the levels and everything to match like that but do you think people would complain though if it was an undermarketed optional extra you know Mm. like the uh the debates over the elusive um not elusive easy mode like if dark souls had an easy mode and it was just an extra option to tick on the menu i doubt people would actually care that much if dark souls had extra cooperative multiplayer for levels that weren't designed for that i would wonder if anyone would really really give a damn let, let me tell you if i could play those games co-op like actual co-op from the main menu get into a party go in i would have beaten all of those games see i don't know if i would have yeah and i think that's the thing right <laughs> and i think that is the thing like i've tried and I didn't like it, but I would not complain whatsoever yeah. if it was an option for people who did. Yeah, me either. I'd totally stick it in. I'd play because with it friends. Would be fun. I'd want to. I'd probably play through it twice because I'd want to play by myself, and I'd also want to play with a friend because playing that game with a friend would be great. And I think that's that's I think what people so often miss about these debates over whether or not Dark Souls will have an easy mode. It's like play through it the first time on the normal mode, then, and then branch out later. Like these games have a normal mode because that's the way the they want you to go through your first run. I think it's because like so much of the game is mystery, right? Because once you get everything, you kind mm. of get everything, right? 
I really wish I did not do Dark Souls one with a friend walking me through it. Like that was not the way that game was meant to be. I can't remember. Yeah. It's a very small, small game. It's not definitely not made for a co-op for sure. But so long as that recommendation is made clear in the menus, I would not mind if it was still an option. Yeah, I I would love to go down crazy dark corridors with a friend. I think also I think that would be like the best. Yeah, like I would just let them go for first and then get themselves killed, and then I can mop everything up. (laughs) I I would get everyone to like time up. A, a fireball throw and like one hit kill a boss in a single like coordinated attack it there would be so many potential for hilarious shenanigans if they did have better multiplayer mode that, that it would just imagine the videos you could be making with that you know there's a lot yeah. of potential yes. there i think that the shenanigans would be amazing and and there's not enough money in it to make a co-op like souls born game right um like from the ground up like the game will will actually like not not necessarily beef up the enemies but have you know those traps when you go inside yeah. of a room and everything like that that you cannot avoid them you know one guy will go for it first but another uh, guy will come up behind you shit like that uh, that that shit would be kind of kind of cool to see yeah, the more you mention it, the more I kind of want something like that. Like yeah. a Sin's Fortress that had has a puzzle requiring you to both stand on certain switches. Yeah, you see the but then that's what we're talking about, right? Right. That is designed. Design it, it would it would take money. It would take money to do that, but I don't know how many people I don't know if it's worth for them to put that much money into it. I, I don't know. You might be sitting on a golden idea here, buddy. I don't know the numbers. I don't know the numbers for it. I would totally buy it for for just that. Dark Souls is very, very popular and cooperative online games, especially after the pandemic, are very, very popular. Just smush those two together. You might we might be seeing some of that over the next few years. I I wouldn't mind that. It seems like a shorter experience. Good formula. Test out the waters. A little short Dark Souls game. But I mean, I never see them doing short little games. So don't see that happening. But. But man, like a long cooperative dark souls game would still be precious gaming memory i feel like me and my partner would feel like we've gone through hell together it would be it would be bonding you remember sitting around the campfire and rec room and how satisfying we felt can you imagine like fire going down like a a, um a a tunnel one guy has a shield blocking the fire you're standing behind him like lots of little mechanic stuff like that would be so fucking cool forming a phalanx to fight phalanx oh man so (laughs) so cool Last question mm-hmm. is from uh, Louis Guillermo. Says, "Hi, Dad and Sons. What are your favorite beers, drinks, and/or liquor cocktails? Are there any liquors that pair up well with specific video games?" Favorite beer, Lindermans. Not Slendermans. Lindermans. <laughs> Slendermans more a uh, financially lucrative brother. It's a very sweet beer. It's very. It's like a Belgian. It's a Belgian beer. <laughs> I guess uh, one of the Slender Kids. Went to art school. The other went to Lindemans. get an MBA. Oh. Um, my favorite is there is a brewery in Japan called Spring Valley Brewery, and they make a whole host of like craft ales. And there is one in Kyoto, and they do this beer called the 469, and it is delicious. Nice. Japan has a lot of great craft beer, golden mm. and amber ales, and they are by far my favorite. You know, a lot of people when I was over there would talk shit about Japanese beer, but I 
didn't have a nah, bad one. Dude. I didn't Japan's, have a bad one. Japan's doing well in the past couple yeah. of years. There, there, there's some good stuff. I went to a beer place in Kyoto a couple of weeks back called Umineko Koto, and it was fucking fantastic. There was just racks and racks of fridges that had racks and beers racks from racks and all over Japan, uh, and then tapped craft ales that were delicious. Chuhais are great too. Can't 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 fail a, a Japanese Chuhai. Old fashioned is pretty good. I like whiskey. A Coke highball. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love the, the highballs. Yeah, highballs. Japan likes its whiskey, too. I'm, I don't like tequila. That's like a no. Burnt banana taste? No. Don't like it. I Ugh, want to fire. tell you guys that playing Disco Elysium with whiskey and ice um, felt like a perfect match. That felt like the way that game was meant to be played. That does sound pretty good. That sounds pretty tight. I feel like mm-hmm. my mind will just wander. With the, the father's Maybe that's shit that why I say. never finished it. <laughs> yeah, you never finished it? I felt like a hard-boiled detective for a oh. couple days, though, when I was drinking whiskey and playing playing Disco Elysium. <gasps> you never finished it? I fell I off of it whenever, when, when Hunt Showdown entered my life. Oh, oh the, okay, and that's the end Everything of this week's podcast. Full circle. <laughs> Jesus, Disco was so good. I wouldn't say the ending was perfect, but it was good. Compared to a lot of other fucking games that end. And there he goes. <laughs> God damn. That was a oh man, what a tasty fucking game, man. I know. I feel bad. I feel bad. You gotta you gotta lick the plate after you, you eat a meal like that. I feel you know? so bad. You gotta lick the plate. And I don't even know if we're curbing that addiction, George. Don't worry. We're working with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got Hitman, and there's some other games coming out. Might be I'm again. playing. I'm playing Ekenfell yeah. more. I finally figured out you could bash the the button to block attacks, and all of a sudden that game is now the easiest game in the fucking world. Yep, because you've been grinding too much. <laughs> yeah, but I I actually really enjoy the combat system now and how tactical it is. Oh my god, look at that! Ekenfell is not shit. I never said it was shit. Mm, I'm you surprised. You, I'm surprised you got farther. Than, well, no, I'm not surprised you got farther than Liam. Liam was no doubt never gonna finish that game, just like Xenoblade Chronicles. Liam, <laughs> Liam has no reaction. No reaction. When I'm, <laughs> I like I I I need I, I need to describe Liam's it. face to the listeners. No reaction. Like I didn't even say anything. <laughs> You can't, your words can't hurt what is the truth. <laughs> Look, I played it on stream for an extra three hours and I was really liking it, but nobody seemed interested in coming in and watching a stream of a story game that was yes. halfway through. Yes. So I had yeah, to I, I, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. People want what they want, man. Come watch me stream Skull instead. There's no story. It's fine. Liam, whoever your friend said that bo- the podcast was, was shit is wrong. This is a great podcast. It's fine. <laughs> shit. He said it was full of injuries. <laughs> I totally forgot about that guy. <laughs> this podcast has been long. <laughs> I hope we have proven that guy wrong today. He's not listening to this. <laughs> that, that, that guy really enjoyed this <laughs> episode this of, of the Dad and Sons podcast, an okay podcast. An okay podcast indeed. Yes, it's, it's at least an okay podcast. That's, that's it is at least. I have full faith that we are at least graded okay. Okay. 
So yeah, I listen to Dennis Nuns. It's okay. It's okay. And an okay podcast that uh that you can support on Patreon to uh join our Discord and talk to us personally. Or buy a t shirt for if you uh are are shy. Yeah. You will have seen them. We were all wearing them. We we color coordinated last week in the one uh, fiftieth episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all to people who were calling in last time. Thank you for everyone who has uh, purchased any of our products and or services and given us support in those ways. <laughs> Thank you, everyone who doesn't think this podcast is a super shitty time full of inside jokes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for 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 being a, a decent, nice person. And watch George's videos, check out Matt and my streams, and have a wonderful week. <laughs>